Fralone's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 472, October 7, 2020. It was 85 degrees on this day on three occasions, 1997, 2003, 2011, and as chilly as 25 degrees on this day in 1976. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. If I wasn't so hobbled, I'd get over to, uh, I suppose, right right around St. Anthony. Uh, Saint Anth- What's it called? St. Anthony on the Main? Sure. St. Anthony, Maine. St. Anthony, Maine and the uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Stone Arch Bridge. And I'd walk out into the Mississippi. Oh, uh, you're one of those geeks, are oh, you? Oh, <laughs> I love it. I would love it. I would love it. The U.S. Army Corps of Engineers dropped the water 12 feet because uh, right. they're doing examinations of structures and and uh, XL Energy will take advantage of the same thing and examine their stuff. They well, haven't dropped it since 2008. Wait a minute. Kenny, is that kind of on par with leaf peeping if you drive up north? Isn't that kind of leaf peeping? I don't know about this, but, boy, this is a, a darling of the local uh, TV stations. They, they oh, love man. sending a photog down there. And <laughs> I guess they're talking to guys like Such. Yeah. What do you think of that water? <laughs> Here's a uh, guy named Larry Holman. Yep. He said, I heard about the drawdown on the Mississippi, and I thought, what a great opportunity to come down here and see what I could find. He's right. a treasure hunter. He found cans, bottle caps, bottle caps, and he found an old doorknob and a piece of brass knuckles. It's a great way to get out and enjoy the day. You don't get many fall days like this, Holman said. Here, 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 here. Uh, researchers from the U of M are taking advantage of the low water levels. Liz Nelson and a team from the U are out finding, documenting, and rescuing native river mussels. They can hear them scream, apparently. Help! Little little river mussels. Because uh, the lowering of the water left many high and dry at the risk of death. So you know what they're doing? They're throwing them mini life jackets, just tossing them out there. Ah, uh, what we're doing is we're just walking the beach here, and if we find a mussel, we are taking pictures of it knowing what kind of species are out here, and then we're tossing them into deeper water to save them, Nelson said. Now, there's a watercolor artist down there, Aaron Nitro, and he's, he's uh, painting. He said, I've been waiting for this moment for a long time to get a great view of the river. Uh, I, I just think it'd be fantastic. I, I would, one of my great fantasies has always been for a lake to dry up for a day so I could walk it. And uh, wow, like Minnetonka or White Bear, and you know what they are? They're called shallow shelf lakes. The lake detective taught me this. So, if you were on shore of White Bear Lake, for example, and looking across it, you'd essentially think you were looking at a farm field. Get it? There's no, uh, it's not a big hole in the ground. Yeah, Yeah. see, there's a there, but there's a 90 foot hole, and and so I'm sure you'd notice that. But essentially, you know, the depth becomes so gradual that as you look out over a shallow shelf lake. You don't see a great depression in the earth. You just see uh, like a farm field. Yeah. Well, only it would be seaweeds. Will you do me a favor? Um, Water weeds. Will you reread the part where, was it Larry talked about finding treasures, please? That, that little paragraph that was about Larry going down there to find Well, them. I'd be happy to do that Thank for you. you. Thank you. 
So I've, I've got a little sounder for you. Go ahead. I heard about the drawdown on the Mississippi here, and I thought, what a great opportunity to come down here and see what we could find down here, treasure hunter Larry Holman said. And then he found what? He found mostly cans, bottle caps, and other trash in the riverbed, but did find an old doorknob and a piece of brass knuckles. More cheap crap. More cheap crap. More cheap crap. More cheap crap. Crappy glue gun. nice and hot. More cheap crap. More cheap crap. We got some cheap crap. But think what you'd find in a lake. This is fun for city folks is what this is. You're right, Kenny. You are right. This is Keeps the city folks. But busy. think what you'd find in a lake: outboard motors, uh, boats, Minneapolis body. You know, maybe. You know. Who knows? <laughs> uh, sunken. Uh, you know, Minnetonka raised the Minnehaha, one of the uh, uh, bus line boats right. from back Steamer. in the day. Steamer. And there's a, there's rumored to be two in White Bear between the island and the peninsula. You'd see those. Mm. Oh, just be fantastic. Yeah, that that'd be a that'd be a real belly jiggler. Well, I'm just sharing with you. That if I wasn't hobbled because I'm such a klutz, that's where I'd be this afternoon. I'd uh, I'd get over there and walk out into the river and take pictures and find stuff. And, oh, I think it'd be fantastic. <laughs> so have a good time out there, GLers. I think I envy you. Yeah. I envy you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> when do they refill it? I wonder. Oh, they'll start uh, tomorrow. They'll start slowly raising the water back up to normal. Got it. So there you have it. There I think that's just fantastic. That's neat. Isn't it neat? Yeah. Yep. Well, hell, you you know, what's wrong with it? I mean, it's a, it's a, well, it's it's a you, you, nature. You, you got to go get a look at it. You can find you know, stuff. You got to get some doorknobs. <laughs> what are we to make of perhaps one of the lead stories on the Drudge Report as we speak? Psychiatrist says Trump's behavior meets criteria for a locked psychiatric facility. It would not be an exaggeration to say that Trump delights in putting people in danger, Dr. Brandy X. Lee says. And she's not without her credentials. This is from a long 19-page piece in a site conveniently enough called Salon. Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, that says it all right there, Suge. President Donald Trump's maskless return to the White House on Monday following a weekend at Walter Reed Medical Center shows that he wants his supporters to prove their loyalty to him with their lives, Yale psychiatrist Brandy X. Lee said in an interview with Salon. Trump, who was still infected with the coronavirus, took off his mask on the Truman balcony and saluted Marine One before entering the White House and possibly exposing a photographer and others around him. Trump suggested in a video that he may now be immune from the virus, even as his doctor warned that he was not out of the woods yet. I can't read 19 pages. Uh, she is. Uh, she said she told Salon that it would not be an exaggeration to say that Trump delights in putting people in danger. Uh, I'm. I'm. Sociopathy is danger. Uh, dangerous in part because. Uh, it puts other humans at risk uh, to suffer and die. She's really just laying it on thick, isn't she? Yeah. Well, she's it sounds a- like she's got what, what? What do you call it? Trump mania or Trump? Uh, Trump something where uh, you're just so fixated and focused on on getting rid of Trump that you'll do and say anything. What is that term? 
Trump uh, derangement syndrome. Trump derangement yeah. syndrome. Yeah. yeah. But she's a forensic psychiatrist at Yale School of Medicine who also taught at Yale Law School. She's the author of books. She's worked on public health approaches to violence prevention for decades. She also edited the book, The Dangerous Case of Donald Trump. 37 psychiatrists and mental health experts assess oh. a president oh. and serves as president of the World Mental Health Coalition, which plans to release a video statement by 100 mental health experts arguing that Trump should be removed from office and the 2020 ballot because he is dangerous and unfit. Lee also plans to publish a profile of the nation on her website, which aims to provide a full psychological profile of Donald Trump in the context of his followers and the nation. Uh, And she said his behavior is not unlike thousands of people she has treated in her career. Mental health professionals look at patterns and human behavior is not random. This is why society charges us with preventing dangers to self and others before they happen, unlike law enforcement. And it goes on and on and on and on. And uh, the only question I had is, I thought doctors weren't supposed to diagnose people from afar. I thought I thought they had to have personal uh, contact. Oh, and really? Personal, well, I, I didn't know. Uh, I, I doubt you'd find many psychiatrists if you called them randomly and said, give me your opinion of Trump. I doubt that they would do it. Because What's her full I, name, Joe? Brandy, I'm sorry, Bandy, I guess. Bandy X Lee. Bandy X Lee. I thought it was Brandy. It's Bandy X Lee. Uh, and, and she's just flat out saying that, well, basically what she's saying is the guy's cuckoo. And that uh, he needs to be uh, locked in a rubber room someplace. I, 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 don't, I, I don't know what to say to this. <laughs> I do have the vibe that you guys disagree with. I do have the vibe that we have no idea what his condition is. And I know yeah. you can I know you can quote a White House doctor that says he's showing no symptoms, but then you can read other stories that say, well, AIDS say he's having difficulty breathing. Of course, those AIDS are speaking to the New York Times. Right. And so it, right. our task is always difficult to get straight news uh, in our current culture of America. And... Uh, but 19 pages from a Yale shrink saying, lock this guy up? I, that's a little harsh, isn't it? Yeah, I'm just paging through her Twitter here. She seems to be semi-obsessed with this. Uh, her bio says, uninvolved in politics until politics invaded my area of expertise. I take my professional responsibility to protect society seriously. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to just go ahead and uh, mute her. (laughs) Well, she says he places people in danger by forcing them into indoor gatherings. Well, words mean something. Uh, Trump isn't forcing anybody to attend anything. You go if you want to. But then she psychiatrically breaks that down and believes that what he's doing is is calling on them to be martyrs. She gets real heavy, real deep. Right. Right. And, uh, and her agenda is to sell what? You, you said she edited something? She's what got a lot of books out selling? there. She's got a yeah, lot of books. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. There you go. But isn't this exactly... Because people have dug in their heels. We brought this up a million times. There's nothing he could do that's not going to be met with criticism, including what's going on right now with his health condition. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely right. nothing. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, the left, and increasingly you... Stooge would have him throwing away all his rights and cowering in fear in some secret little room in the White House and being afraid and 
you know, just being a chicken bleep. And he, as far as I'm concerned, he's being more presidential uh, than any of the, you guys. <laughs> Nothing. I, 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 I don't know. I don't know how to address your accusations at me. There, I find them uncharitable. Uh, well, doesn't the left? I guess I was throwing you in there as fun, but doesn't the left? What they would prefer to see is him cowering in fear and not coming out and telling everybody to hide and wear a mask in your car and wear a mask outside and don't go out in public and, and all of this. Doesn't that, I, I, would that make them happy? Would that make you happy? Not necessarily. I, what I think the left would have wanted was him to say how frightened he was, and he, right. he did not do that. Right. He did not do yeah. that. Yeah. And then you, you have the relatives of people who've died who find his remarks insensitive. Yeah, I uh, saw that on the Star Tribune today. Yeah. 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 And, uh, but get back to the larger point, we're, in, we're at such a situation right now where uh, nobody can win. If he says, uh, enjoy your life, don't be afraid of this, he's going to be attacked. If mm -hmm. he had come out and said, everybody stay hunkered down, let's close this thing down, put on your mask, he would have been attacked. I don't know what the answer is. I don't know what the answer is. It's mm -hmm. a really difficult question. Uh, Pence and Harris debate tonight, I believe, it, uh, in Salt Lake City, Utah. Is this where I'm going to get right. the 8 o'clock phone call and you're going to rip me because I'm watching baseball playoffs again and I'm watching the debate? Right. I don't have a TV, Joe, so <laughs> don't, I'm just telling you ahead of time. I don't. I had, don't have a TV. In well, house, you could so. probably find it on the radio. Uh, I don't actually don't have a radio either. <laughs> well, you could sit in your truck, I guess. Well, that's why you didn't respond yesterday. I had sent you guys a text, not, not to promote another radio station, but when Eddie Van, it was announced Eddie Van Halen had died, I flipped on Jack and Remy, who's the best afternoon jock in town, he and Lastman were doing this unbelievable Van Halen tribute, and I texted all you guys and said, put it on now. What do you mean you, I didn't respond? No, I was talking to Kenny. I was I talking to Joe Kenny. did. Yeah. yeah. I responded multiple times. Oh, it was so freaking cool. Man, yeah. were they killing it. It was awesome. Yeah. So, and anyway, by the way, I texted Lastman, and he said, thanks. Uh, keep up the good work on GL. So he's a, he's a listener. Well, you know, it takes the death of Eddie to re be reminded of just what a virtuoso he was. Oh, I, yeah. I, I, I can, I don't own a Van Halen album. You don't? What? No, I do not. What? No. Oh and, and I, if they if they came on the radio and it was Jump or whatever or uh, Save This Last Dance for Me or whatever the hell it was called, I'd listen to it and I like them. <laughs> That's Sinatra, Joe. Oh, well, <laughs> it's the last dance. Hey. <laughs> but I never, I never uh, had uh, Van Halen as a band in my oh. must, my must listen to roundup of oh. bands, which oh. is not the same as saying I don't like them. I like them a lot. Uh, they just didn't, they just didn't cross my uh, threshold into must own CDs. It just is that never happened. Boy, but I, I, I admire the hell out of his guitar playing. And as I noted on Twitter, God, I hate Twitter. I said. <laughs> You know how you're walking around town sometimes in the summer, uh, on a, a hot summer weekday afternoon, and you'll hear a guitar coming out of a house or a set yeah. of drums, yes, and, yes, and you know it's yes. a kid. You know it's a yep. kid who's, who's not coming outside that day. He's going to practice and practice. I think Dave Grohl was one of those guys. Yep. Uh, I, think, I think Eddie must have been one of those guys. From that, early you know, on, his dad was a classical uh, musician. Right. Yeah. 
So, but I, I don't think Eddie played. I could be wrong, but I doubt if Eddie played little league baseball. I think he was one of those guys who was yeah. in the room playing guitar. Yep, and piano, and virtually every other instrument he could get his hand on. Yeah, and like professional golf, that pays off for about one in every. 500,000 kids who are doing that. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you yes, you're right. Yeah. Or maybe it's more than that. Maybe it's one in every 10 million who are doing that because there are millions and millions of kids who want to be the next Eddie Van Halen. Sure. And there are millions and millions of kids who want to be the next Tiger Woods. Uh, and it, it'll pay off for a handful of them. Uh, but, the, but the odds are so stacked against you. This, uh, it's a fascinating question to me, too. When you have someone as good as Van Halen or Prince or Eric Clapton, uh, you can't tell me there's not some God-given talent at work there. You just can't. Oh, absolutely. Oh, sure. You sure. can't tell I, me. I, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, Suge. Yeah. You, you, can't, you can't just... You are motivated by a muse that goes beyond practice. You are motivated yeah. by a muse that, is, that has a hold of you in special ways. And it, it, you're lucky, apparently, if you have that muse and you can defeat the demons that accompany that muse. But I, I, you can't tell me that, that, that God doesn't have a hand in that. Uh, because, well, not that God really gave a bleep about Van Halen, but, but, but there are some gifts that cannot be explained. How's that? Let's put it that way. Sure, yeah. But I, I mean, who ever heard of a guy tapping the guitar with both hands? Oh, tapping it. I, I went mean, down. Violin, violinists were doing that actually. Yeah, yeah. A lot of the stuff he he you know he lifted and borrowed from other genres of music. And I like his explanation of his abuse of drugs and alcohol. He said, "I didn't do that to party. I did that to work." Meaning he, what? He, he would sit in a hotel room and drink vodka and do cocaine while he worked on his guitar. Yeah, that's what that's, I read today. Doesn't that seem like an excuse? Yeah, of course. That's, that's, of course, uh, he finally got sober in 2008. It's, it's called self-medicating. Yeah. No, honey, yeah. I'm not drinking again. It's uh, I'm doing I'm some working. work around the house. He finally uh, got sober one year after he left the long-suffering of was it Valerie Bertinelli? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But I went down the uh, the Eddie Van Halen YouTube rabbit hole yesterday and and waste not wasted but spent about four hours of my life. It was man. I gave it a half hour. Oh, man, could he play. I, I listened to the, uh, who were the two guys on Jack? Uh, well, Remy's their normal afternoon. I don't know Remy. I, I've never met Lastman or Remy. Okay, Rem, Remy's been in town forever. He's a really, yeah. he's he's the best jock in town. They had some great stories. Oh, it was, it was so that, cool. That's, uh, I was pleased that they did that. I'm surprised other stations didn't do it. Well, I'm probably, I, I don't know many other stations maybe outside of KQ that could have gotten away with doing that. With you know, with John, John has never disappointed me. Uh, no, <laughs> I'm just such. A, I've always, since the '80s, I've been a huge fan of his, and was lucky enough to know him a little bit in the uh, late '80s, I mean, early '90s. Kenny, I haven't talked to him in a hundred years. They, I, I saw him. He was uh, Pete Frisch, one of our sales guys, retired a couple of months back, and he was there because Pete used to work at KQ. So I. That, I caught up with God. him and Tony over there. It's so fun to talk to John again after so many years. But, Kenny, you'd love it because they were going back and forth, and they're ramping these just obscure Van Halen songs. Because He's like, no, this is my favorite one, Remy. I'm taking the ramp from here. And he would tell this story about going to a concert at you know the Civic Center in the late 70s and just nail right. the post. It was awesome. Right. 
It was yeah, so it's cool. The, that's the only, the only thing I took issue with on your uh, texting us yesterday is for a lot of us in those first four, uh, at least up to fair warning, what was that? That would be uh, fourth, yeah. There were no deep cuts. I mean, every single song to some of us, they were huge hits. We okay. just loved every single one of those songs. Okay. Do you know they sold more than 56 million albums? Wow. Yeah. That's you know what his amazing. net worth was when he died? No. $100 million. Well, that's pretty good, isn't it? Hell yes. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. How many times did you see him live, Kenny? Uh, just a couple. Okay. Uh, yeah, just for the first, uh, the, the first and the third album. Okay, the last time I saw I saw him twice, and the last time I went with a guy that used to work here, and we went to the XL, that would have been, what, 20, 2013, something like that? Oh, so you saw him later. Yeah, but he still he still brought it, man. He was just unbelievable You know, as, as a teenager, seeing Van Halen for the first time, an impression, a very impression, impressionable youth, I was just absolutely blown away by the spectacle of all of it. It seemed like Roth was drunk. He'd stop songs in the middle of, of a song and chastise the audience. And uh, oh my God, it was just such a circus. And it was so cool <laughs> and so fun. And those guys were just out of control. Eddie would jump, it seemed like 10 feet in the air. He'd jumping off big, huge stacks of speakers and well, Roth swaggering around, <laughs> forgetting the lyrics. Oh my God, like, it was like, just like, so cool. Like Prince, it caused him many injuries. He had to have a hip replacement. Right. Sure. And, yep. I mean, those yep. guys beat the hell out of themselves. I've never saw right. them live. I never saw them live. Really? But it, it yeah. just seemed as a kid like they had been partying for about 18 days before they rolled into St. Paul <laughs> and didn't slow down the partying at all. And, oh, God, it was just the coolest thing in the whole world. Because up until that point, all I had seen is bands get up on stage and scowl and play their instruments and rah, rah, rock and roll, rah, 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 rah. And here are these just party animals that were just tearing it up. It was so fun. There was one video I stumbled on, and he does the uh, the intro to is it Eruption? That's the big the big in- mm-hmm. intro, and he he's got the sig in one of the uh, in one of the strings of the guitar, right. and, and then David Lee Roth grabs the mic before he's about to sing. He looks at some dude. He goes, "I hope you're having a good time with your girl, but she coming home with me." Yeah. <laughs> You know who That's... told me about them? Charlie Hallman was a, a sports writer in St. Paul. It's well, not surprising. And, and he, he was knowledgeable about music. And it, for some reason, I remember in the press box of the Civic Center, he said, you got to check out a band called Van Halen. This is 1978. Wow. Yeah. And uh, he had it nailed. Hallman had yeah. it nailed. He probably saw him warming up for Kiss. Well, you know Charlie was a silent partner in Twin Tone. I didn't know that. Yeah, no, Charlie was involved in that. Is he yeah. still with us? Is Charlie still with us? I, I don't think so. I don't know. He was a chain-smoking camel guy. So yeah. that, uh, that might have been uh, but, a problem. Chris, I don't think they were two songs in at the first concert I saw, and uh, Roth stops the song right in the middle of the song. Stop, 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 <laughs> wait, wait. He goes, some MF are right there. This guy just threw his beer on me. I'm covered in beer. He goes, but that's all right, because after the show, I'm going to romance his girlfriend. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> and boom, just like, and I, you know, you realize later that this had all been planned and this was a bit because as soon as he delivered the punchline, Eddie launched right back into the song. Oh, that's you know. so cool. Of course. So it was just part of the party. Of course. But boy, as a kid, you're thinking, oh my God, that's the coolest thing I have ever seen in my whole life. <laughs> Remember how we used to uh, get John and Joe back in the radio days when, we, when Rook and I stumbled upon the David Lee Roth soundboard? Where it was just oh. his isolated tracks, like. Baby, no, I ain't lying to you. I'm only gonna tell you one time. Ah, yeah. <laughs> Why oh. are you doing this to me? Yeah, don't do that to me. <laughs> don't do that to me. He's a hell of a, sh- a showman, but boy, oh. he cannot sing live, which oh. for me just made it all the better. Of course, because <laughs> it's a party, is all it is. Yep. Yep. You want a party? Yes, sir. EcoFun Motorsports in downtown Forest Lake, Highway 61. Right now, year-end sale. All scooters, which turn every errand into adventure. And all electric bikes. The lowest prices, best selection right now is the seasons change. The sooner you come in, the more options you'll have. Uh, And now... There's new step-through 24-inch and 26-inch Bintelli e-bikes ready to go. Easy on and off for anyone. And forget the hills. Just push the thumb throttle and up you go. Fat tire Bintelli bikes are great for hunters and off-road riders all year long. They can add studded tires to a Bintelli e-bike if you want to ride around on the lake. All remaining wild side, old school looking electric bikes on year end sale for fourteen ninety nine, and all Yamaha electric bikes on year end sale for the lowest prices of the year in the new twenty twenty one Yamaha snowmobiles are in and ATVs. They're here. They're ready to take home. And uh, Tim Bloom and the gang at EcoFun Motorsports wants to thank everyone who came in during the month of September and helped EcoFun raise thousands and thousands of dollars for Eric Mishy's hope on the river adventure for spare key uh, eric is spinning counterclockwise down the mississippi now on a on a crap can of a pontoon boat that he keeps calling tubes oh they're pontoons eric but a great 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 gift from ecofund motorsports helmet apparel great service department and right now the year-end sale at ecofund motorsports in downtown forest lake on highway 61 I'm only going to tell you one time. It's campaign season, and here come the negative ads. The biggest negative ad is the one coming from your insurance company. Talk about negative. Captive insurance agencies increase your premium every six months. The Canopy Group is an independent insurance agency. We only offer 12-month policies, not six-month policies that can increase premiums twice a year. At the Canopy Group... We promise to give clients the best coverage for the best price year after year. Our annual review guarantees it. We have 16 companies and 30 professionals. So as your needs change, we'll make sure to conduct a thorough review of your home and auto insurance with all 16 companies. We'll do the shopping for you. When you receive that next insurance premium in the mail, remember you deserve options. Vote for the Canopy Group. To vote for the Canopy Group and to get a quote on your home and auto insurance, call 800 967-3389 or visit thecanopygroup.com You cannot stop him. He'll just make a move. Joe Suchere. You know, it's a shame that uh, the boys in Van Halen, when they were in their partying days, never were introduced to our friends at Harmony Spirits because 
they could have taken that party and turned it up a notch, if you know what I mean. Harmony Spirits, <laughs> they are the proud new uh, sponsors here in GL. They have that beautiful, beautiful tasting room down there in Harmony, Minnesota. I'm getting a lot of tweets, too, from people supporting them. Uh, I got one from Iggy that said, just got my first order of Harmony rum and whiskey. I have a fire pit as well. Want to hang out and forget today? No, I don't, Iggy, but thank you very much for supporting Harmony Spirits. Also got another one from Love to Pack Guy on Twitter. Thank you for supporting them, but I hate your football team. Anywho's, <laughs> go to Harmony Spirits on Twitter. They have a really cool fall menu that they uh, that they like to put up to, to you know give you a new selection if you want to make mix up some rum, some vodka, but I go with the straight bourbon. That's my jam. HarmonySpirits.net is their website, too. Please stop in. It's going to be a beautiful week of weather. Stop in down there in Harmony, Minnesota. Hang out with the fellas, and please let them know that you heard about it right here on the Garage Logic Podcast. If you want to know more about Project Veritas, uh, Project Veritas is now rebutting the Fox 9 story. Really? And you can find that on YouTube. It was uh, emailed to me by Tommy. Uh, just uh, find Project Veritas rebuttal, and then you get James O'Keefe saying that Fox 9 was misleading people about what Project Veritas was really up to. It remains murky as far as I'm concerned, and uh, but I thought I had an obligation to tell GLers if they want uh, O'Keefe's side of the Fox 9 story, you can find it on YouTube. But who are who are we supposed to believe here? I mean, I don't put it past any of these candidates for this. Do you? No, but not enough solid evidence has been presented. But how are you going to get solid evidence, I guess, is my uh, question, when no one will speak? I don't know. Right. There you yeah. go. Yeah. I, I think the community, you don't have to foghorn this. All right. Uh, the community in, in Minneapolis, North Minneapolis, is really wrestling uh, with how to come to grips with the deaths of these three kids who uh, carjacked a car, yeah. uh, fled police, and then all three of the kids died when the car crashed. And uh, more and more of it has been coming out on the news. And I saw uh, on the news last night, I saw the father of one of the kids. I saw this too. And he was saying they're, they're really good kids. Uh, he, The father, of course, needs to be forgiven in this moment, uh, such hyperbole. Uh, because he's distraught and what have you. And then I read there was a, a, a vigil held at the site of the accident, and you had 13-year-old Cortez Williams, 15-year-old Jamonte Welsh, and 16-year-old Demetrius Dobbins, so 13, 15, and 16. And as I say, I think the community is beside itself. I, I, don't, uh, I, I don't think they know how to react. Can I bring up, I'm glad you brought this up, because I saw a quote from that same father that, I, and I understand he's grieving, I get that, but there was a mm-hmm. quote that kind of bugged me, can, and do you know which one I'm talking about? I think, about? I, I bet I can take a stab at it. Go ahead. Kids will be kids? Not that one, um, because that, you know that, what, what is he going to say there, but he said something to the effect of, these are just kids that need, needed guidance, to which yes, I say, Dad, that's your bleeping job. I said the same thing when I heard that. And in terms of them, wait a kids, minute. You just you didn't just say it right now, and I missed it, did you? No. Okay. Good. No. Last night when I heard him say guidance, okay, okay, I thought good. the same thing. I, I said to myself, "Well, uh, hello, Dad. That's your role." Um, and unfortunately, that's too common of the problem in these inner cities right now. That's commonplace. Dad's not around. 
And and it cannot be accepted uh, that this was uh, uh, an example of kids being kids. Nope. Uh, nope. Police said the teens were driving a car that was believed to be taken in a carjacking the day before. When police spotted the car and attempted to pull them over just before 2 a.m. Monday, they fled. A chase ensued and ended with a deadly crash at North 18th Avenue and Emerson Avenue North. Local community group A Mother's Love spent the start of the vigil comforting the 13-year-old's mother. If it's not gun violence, it's choices like this that cause us to lose our kids, said Lisa Clemens with A Mother's Love. Uh, She said he didn't have a male role model in his life, so she was trying to do it all by herself, and she knew it was failing him, Clemens added, referring to the mother of the 13-year-old. Community members held hands and wrapped arms around the family members, hoping to find a solution to recent crime and violence. Minneapolis police say there has been an increase in carjackings recently. Uh, I, I think... Yeah. I, I think what the community is struggling with, uh, A, this is a horrible tragedy, uh, but uh, they're struggling. I don't mean this in an unkind way. I seriously don't mean this in an unkind way. I, I hope to mean it in an educational way. They're struggling for someone to blame, and there is no one to blame. There is no one to blame, and I think that's what they're struggling with, and I think it's an eye-opener mm-hmm. for them. Yeah. Uh, they're I'm sure they would would love to say this was the fault of someone. And they know in their hearts it is not the fault of anyone except them. And well, it's, Joe, it, before you go any further, look at this this mother. She's trying to do both jobs. Then you've right. got a dad saying they needed guidance. That's your problem right there in a nutshell. Yeah, I don't know who the dad was the dad of. Uh, obviously, he wasn't the dad of the 13-year-old Cortez Williams because his mother said she's been trying to do it alone. So he was either the father of 15-year-old Jamonte Welsh or 16-year-old Demetrius Dobbins. He, I don't know which. He was the father of one and the uncle of another, if that helps you break that down. because there it were doesn't, the two doesn't of the, tell me. Two of the kids that were there were cousins. The other yeah. was a friend of theirs. But it can't get to the point. It cannot yeah. get to the point where you, you can say, the, well, you know, kids will be kids. No, kids don't do this. No. No, this is criminal behavior, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Now, do we know for a fact these are the three kids who carjacked the car they were in? I, I, I guess I guess we don't. I think I might have made that assumption yesterday, and uh, after further thought, I guess I don't know that for sure. Right. I believe the carjack was the carjacking of a car driven by a woman who had three children in the car. And they were a bit traumatized by that experience. I don't know if these three kids were the carjackers or they later found the car abandoned. I do not know that. Right. I, 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 it, it sounds suspiciously like they were the, the carjackers. Uh, but even if they weren't, this isn't kids being kids. This is... Behavior that has resulted from uh, no ethical and moral base provided them. And it's a crying shame. It's mm-hmm. just a crying shame. And and, and they were, because I believe those three kids uh, were as likely to become, you know, Major League Baseball stars or cure cancer as any other three kids in the country had they been provided 
guidance. stabilization. Yeah. And I and I tell me if I'm reaching out too far here, but are these the same people that would think that there's going to be some type of government program that's going to be able to help correct correct all of this? I have heard from the community gatherings that they need more resources that there's not enough for the kids to do, to which I would say, B as in B, well, S no, as in S. Well, no, wait a second. Wait a second, Joe. Uh, that's exactly why we, uh, GL, and all the GLers are helping the Reverend Tim out, because there literally isn't enough for them to do. Now, I don't know if the answer is money or if it's volunteers, bodies, adults, mentors, big brothers, big sisters, but that's, that's why we're helping Reverend Tim. <clears throat> There is a group in Minneapolis called the Interrupters, and they're they're vowing to be on the streets and try to prevent these things before they happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I when I say B as in B, S as in S, what I'm saying is uh, the, the behavior of these three kids cannot be cured by another government program. No. Uh, right. The behavior of these three kids cannot be pu- uh, cured uh, by more government spending. Uh, the behavior of these three yep, kids yep. was was solely dependent on their lack of upbringing. And yep. I can say that comfortably because if you're out at two a.m. and you're thirteen years old, you've you've had a you've had a you've had a lack of upbringing. You've had right. a lack of upbringing. And yeah. I, I go back to my original statement. I, I feel for the members of the community because they're struggling, because they're faced. They have to look in the mirror here. There's no mm-hmm. one to blame. Mm-hmm. They have to look in the mirror and realize we're not doing the job. And the cycle is uh, just going to continue on and on. It's it's not going to end unless enough people step in and intervene here. Lisa Clemens with The Mother's Love, her quote bears repeating, if it's not gun violence, it's choices like this that cause us to lose our kids, she said. Well, and she has nowhere to go beyond that quote. Uh, the, the moms and dads of these kids have to look in the mirror and realize this is on us. This isn't the cops. This isn't politicians. This isn't racism this isn't anything this is we failed and that compounds their grief i would imagine that they realized we have nowhere to turn here yeah we have nowhere to lash out this is on us and i think they realized that and i feel bad because you know, when the couple of times that we've had the Reverend on, as Kenny mentioned, he's begging for volunteers. Well, I'd I'd love to do that. Unfortunately, I'm busy with two of my own kids under the age of ten. Mm-hmm. I don't right. have that kind of free time. And every time this is brought up, I, I think back to the incident last. I think it was last fall, last winter, uh, when the guy on the, the guy and his buddies on Chicago Avenue pushed an old guy down, and the old guy ended up dying. And as it turns out, yes. we talked to a Reverend. On the south side there. Yeah, we did, yeah. He had been mentored, and the reverend was doing everything he possibly could to help this kid. But yet the pressure to, you know, be that way or to be a bad guy or or whatever it is, it was just too great, you know. The kid knew he was doing wrong, but he did it anyway. You know, the the, the the thing is, we grew up with strict parents. I mean, our... Our parents, I can pretty safely say, if we were at that age, out till 2 in the morning, they would be out driving around, and they would kick our asses publicly in front of all of our friends. 
Yeah. And we'd be grounded forever. And by grounded, I mean chained to the radiator, not allowed outdoors. And that, I never that's got, what it, these kids it, it, need. It never got as bad as getting chained to the radiator. Uh, but I, <laughs> but, I, can, but I know why, what you're saying. Tell us why. Tell us why, Joe. Well, I because I wasn't out at 2 a.m. Because of your parents and you knew what the consequences would be. See, right? that's another sea change in our declining culture. Uh, you guys are even old enough to have this apply to you. We were always more afraid of our parents than anybody oh, else. Oh, God, oh yes. My God, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Especially Chris. Well, I was going to yeah. say, <laughs> my dad was the authority. He was a cop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you got away with Well, nothing. and that's the thing. Everybody always assumed, whoa, you get away with it. No, it's way worse. Because not only yeah. is one officer looking out at me, so is the entire force. They all know who I am. But when you're afraid of your parents more than any other source of authority, uh, think what that instills in you. Yep. You uh, you are now compelled to say yes, sir, no, ma'am. You are you are compelled to obey a teacher. Uh, you are compelled to obey a police officer. You you are uh, 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 compelled to obey a clergy. Because why? Because you know damn well that if that got back to your parents that you didn't, yeah. you'd be in far worse trouble than you were with the cop in the first place. Perfect oh, example, boy. Joe. Um, we, we have nothing but you know kids around my, my boy's age in our neighborhood, and I, I'm the guy that walks every, uh, the, the kids to school every morning, which is cool. I don't mind that role at all. And one of my son's buddies mouthed off to one of the uh, one of the teachers that's also a crossing guard. I looked right at him. I'm not going to name him because his dad listens. And I said, we don't talk to teachers like that. You understand? And he just went, whoa. But what I'm saying is even parents that are present yeah. aren't yeah. willing to instill discipline into their kids. Right. That's right. And shame. I bet you that's something we all had, too, where other adults would <laughs> Hell kick yes. our ass with our parents' blessing. You know. Oh, I can remember getting in trouble with other parents. Yes. 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 Uh, we need to remember, too, and put this into context, that there are many parents of 13, 15, and 16-year-old kids uh, in North Minneapolis who are instilling sure. the foundation. Yes. Yeah, uh, my, one of my favorite videos I've ever seen was a couple of years ago. Baltimore? Baltimore, you're reading my mind, yep. where the mother came out, she grabbed that kid by the ear, mm -hmm. and she marched him back home, and she gave him a tongue lashing like you never heard. And it yeah. was beautiful. Do you remember, too, beautiful. He, he had the yeah. face covering on because he didn't want to be identified, and yeah. you just saw the head kind of dip down. Like, yeah. he knew he was busted. Yeah, <laughs> that was fantastic. So yeah. those moms and dads are out there. Of course they are. Of course yeah. they are. But they don't make the news. Because those kids aren't carjacking a car and getting on a police chase. Right. They don't make the news. Right. And I do know a lot of single parents, both moms and dads, that have raised their kid alone. And You can do it. It's tough. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a 48-hour-a-day job, but it can be done. But, oh, boy, it's tough. But to summarize, uh, the only thing I can uh, take away from the neighborhood there uh, grieving at the site of the fatal accident is they're just struggling. They're just struggling. Yeah, they just they're 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 faced with the cold, harsh reality of we have nowhere to turn, we have no one to blame. This is on us, and they're, they're struggling mightily with that. And I, if I had to guess, I I think they get it. I think they get it. I think this really hit home to a lot of people, uh, and I'm amazed it hasn't gotten more press attention. This is a significant story. Three young kids die. Uh, fleeing police. That's a, 
I'm surprised it's this is not more do, prevalent in the news. Do you think it's not only because there has been such a spike, and I'm, I'm not using the word uptick, I'm using the word spike in crime and things like this, that it almost falls on deaf ears? Could be, could be. Well, and I hate the I've, word uptick, too. I do. I've seen it on the TV stations, and then it was either yesterday or today, the Star Tribune acknowledged it along with a, another death that occurred after a police chase. And then there was, a, geez, there was actually one up in Fergus Falls um, yeah. last Friday. A police chase resulted in the death of a couple of elderly people. I saw that. Because I guess um, the reason I, I say that, Joe, is Kenny and I were talking about this before you dialed in, and I was having a discussion with someone in news that said that they almost now have to walk such a fine line with how much depressing things they are putting on because people just shut them, shut off the news then. And that completely defeats the purpose of putting on a news program. But, yeah, you know what, and then speaking of what you were just saying, Such, it'd be nice if a, a news organization, print or TV or whatever, would approach the story from how did it get to this point for these three kids and go there instead of just giving us the story and then the reaction of the community and the parents let's talk about how it got to that point that would be fun to see on or interesting to see on on the news well i have more on the uh, victim of the carjacking secure 11 report uh, she's a strong woman she really is said teresa schlee whose husband's aunt was involved in a carjacking sunday Pictures capture the marks left on a 72-year-old woman's face after she was the victim of a carjacking in North Minneapolis. It's an experience, Lee said, also left a mark on her aunt's overall well-being. They punched her and knocked her to the ground to get her purse. They took off in their car, in her car, got halfway down the alley, realized they had the keys to her car, backed up, and she was standing up. Now they got back out and hopped in her car, said Schlee. I'm not following that. They punched her and knocked her to the ground to get her purse. Oh, they took off in their car, got halfway down the alley, realized they had the keys to her car, backed up, and she was standing up by now, and they got back out and hopped in her car, said Schlee. Schlee said her aunt's car is the one Minneapolis police were chasing through North Minneapolis early Monday morning with the three teens inside. Uh, All three teens died. Of course, we know that now. Uh... That kind of blatant attack in the middle of the day to an elderly person who was there just feeding a cat, it's like, that's not right, said Schlee. Now the families are left trying to make sense of it all. I don't know if they were the attackers. My heart goes out to those families, to that community. It really does because these kids were young and it shouldn't have happened, said Schlee. Uh, With the current recent spike in carjackings, Schlee said she hopes this tragic situation makes people think twice about following suit. They look at this and not see, oh, they're just victims because the police chased them. No, they suffered some awful consequences for some bad choices, said Schlee. There have been over 60 carjackings this year. That's up 13%. That's up 13%. Uh, Only 13. Police say this is an ongoing investigation and the BCA is now involved. It sounds like we're closer and closer to understanding that the three kids who died were the the carjackers. Yeah. Yeah. And again, that's not kids being kids. That's not the way to look at it. And again, I think that community knows that. You don't have to foghorn that. Got it. I think it's sinking in that, uh, no, this was not kids being kids. This was... Dreadful, dreadful criminal evil behavior uh, sprung from an absence of caring. Mm. It's unfortunate. It, re- it really is. Because, you know, for 
for every one Reverend Tim Christopher that's basically spending his life trying to make a difference, trying to turn this around. There's 25 absent dads that don't give a damn. Why don't you? Uh, why don't we take a time out and give the Rev a call, see if he's available. You want to do that? Yeah, let's try it. All right, sounds good. But first, how about I tell you guys about the Chill Boys? What? I got them on right now. I'm do you? chilly. I'm which chilly. Uh, which one do you got on, bro? You got the, the gray bamboo? ones. The gray, the gray ones. All right. gray. Oh my goodness, our Joe and I are wearing matching underpants. Yes. Oh, today. you yep. two are yep. so similar. That's <laughs> Thank adorable. God we're in different rooms. <laughs> Chillboys.com is the website, a great local Minnesota company that's more than happy to be partnering with us here in GL. Make the switch like so many of you GLers have had. And I got an email from Kevin the other day that said, thank you, Reavers, for turning me on to the Chill Boys. Thank you, Kevin, for supporting one of our sponsors. And also, keep in mind, all orders that are over $40 ship fast and free in the entire United States. They have a great line of performance boxers, bamboo boxer briefs, also t-shirts, sunglasses, so much more. Please place your order today and let them know that you heard about it right here on the Garage Logic Podcast. University of Garage Logic, 98. College of Self-Esteem, zip, nada, nothing. Here's Joe Suchere. Hold on, I'm... You all right? Putting the top on my thermos here, closing up my coffee cup. <laughs> GLers have come out of the woodwork. That is an exact quote uh, from uh, Mr. Chris Miller. He's the owner of aimhighconstructionmn.com. You guys have him lined up for every sort of home improvement project uh, from here until next spring. You're keeping AIM High busy. It's kind of the same thing that's been happening with uh, Spencer Grundhofer. These guys are hopping now, doing everything from roofs to basements, decks, kitchen, bath, you name it. Chris and his crew, they're all master builders. They can pretty much handle any job. The work they did around my joint is amazing. Uh, including all the little jobs that I had them do that they they woke up that day they had no idea they were going to be doing that job by the end of the day and everything came in on budget and on time well that's part of the problem I had extra money to spend so I just spent it with Chris uh, and UGLers you're keeping them good and busy we thank you for that sign up with the very very best get put on the list and Get ready to be a happy homeowner. His name is Chris Miller. His company is Aim High Construction, and you'll find them at aimhighconstructionmn.com. Thank you. Uh, it's just breaking now that uh, Derek Chauvin, who, of course, has become infamous with the uh, knee on the neck of George Floyd, is now out of prison. He's out on bail on a million-dollar bond. Just breaking now. Yep. And uh, Best of luck to all of you in Minneapolis. Well, I don't know what that will uh, incite. Maybe nothing. Oh, uh, hold on. <laughs> you're huh? no, we you're, don't you're know that. getting Am I being uh, naive? We don't know that. I think you are, I, sir. I think this is be. going to put uh, Minneapolis back at the center of the nation uh, if things become disruptive. It's going to put well, Minneapolis back at the center of the country. I'm trying. I don't to know skip. where he got the dough. That's what some some people were wondering um, if he had started a GoFundMe or, or or what. But I'm just trying to look to see if there are any announcements on social media about gatherings or 
planned protests and whatnot. I'm, I'm not seeing anything currently, but the day is still very young. He is uh, not allowed to leave the state, not permitted to possess a firearm or ammo, not allowed to contact Floyd's family. He had been held at Hennepin Ramsey County Jails prior to being transferred to the Minnesota Correctional Facility in Oak Park Heights. Uh, Oak Park Heights facility is the highest custody level in the Minnesota prison system. Many of the inmates at the prison need a higher level of security. He has been charged with second-degree murder, third-degree murder, and second-degree manslaughter in Floyd's death. The other three officers previously posted bail amounts of 750000 and have been free pending trial. Currently, all four men are scheduled to face trial together in March, but the judge is weighing a request to have them tried separately. So that means if it's a million dollars, somebody had to come up with at least a hundred grand uh, to get to spring Shalvin, who is now mm-hmm. out of jail. I remember we, we spoke about this when he first went to prison, and I, I don't want to be in prison, so I can't blame him, but wouldn't that be the safest place for him? Boy, I don't I, know. I have no idea. I have no idea where he'll go or or be i'm not even sure he uh uh has a uh because he can't leave he can't leave the state and virtually every minnesotan knows who he is Mm -hmm. and such as far as the bail money goes i don't think it has to be a check or cash i think you can actually and i'm just winging it here but i think you can actually use uh assets as part of the collateral Uh in order to get them out but don't uh I'm winging that one. I'm not sure. Well, as I was saying, I don't even know if he has a home. I, I, they had some, uh, didn't the wife disown him almost immediately? And I believe so. Maybe they sold the house. I have no idea. In any event, he's not in prison. And uh, you guys seem to think that portends for something bad. I have no idea. I have no idea. Yeah, I think it does. I just don't see how it can based on what we witnessed over these last few months. I mean, any any announcement at all relating to this case, it causes an uproar. Well, look what happened to, what was it, a month or so ago when police were pursuing a guy and the guy ended up committing suicide and there was a riot anyway because right. people thought that uh, the guy was, you know, shot by the police. So so this is going to, yeah, this is not going to be good. Because didn't he, he took himself out in a, in a parking ramp, right, Kenny, in downtown no, Minneapolis? No, right it was right on the street in front of Oh, everybody. in the street. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, but in this case, um, you know, this is the way the system works. So he's not getting any fair treatment or anything, not that I know of. Um, this is just how it works. You know, I guess they can protest the fact that maybe the bail was set too low. Do you recall that I asked, uh, we had a great email from Troy who distilled health care to one sentence. Why are we trying to make it yeah. so everyone can afford a $10 Band-Aid when we should be trying to get the Band-Aid price to go down? And it was explained to me in another one sentence. Uh, the Band-Aid costs $10 because the insured in this country are subsidizing the uninsured. It's that simple. Mm-hmm. The insured are subsidizing the uninsured. And also, Aaron writes, uh, after listening to Monday's podcast and you were reading an email from Troy in New Prague that asked about the high cost of health care. I am not disagreeing with Reaver's comment about executives and politicians patting their wallets, but there are other factors at play. The best is described by a diagram. Draw a triangle, and at each corner of the triangle, write the words low cost, high quality, and speed. You okay. could be anywhere in the triangle. 
But as you move towards high quality and speed, cost suffers. Our healthcare system in the U.S. is being driven by consumers in government to be no weight, meaning waiting, and of the best quality. If you move towards low cost and speed and away from quality, you get scan and tan or scan city. <laughs> if you move towards cost and quality and away from speed, you get the VA or a socialized system in the U.K., so the solution to lower health care costs is to wait longer for care or take the Roycey approach and qualify doctors and medications by saying, let's take a vote. Wow, that's mm-hmm. a brilliant email. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can you forward that to me? Of course not. It's already been deleted. Oh, Jesus. I like to keep... I like to keep my menu clean. Yes, you do. But what's funny about that is it hasn't been completely deleted. Oh, it's, it's in the d- yeah, thing, but I have to go look for still, it. It's still doable. But well, it's doable, but, you know, I'd have to go look for it. And I don't want to do what that. What was the gentleman's name? Uh, Maybe I can look it up. His sometimes name we get the was email. Aaron Haugen. Aaron Haugen. Let me see if I got that one. In. Mm-hmm. Two A's and Aaron. Okay. Aaron Haugen. Frequent contributor uh, Downing with another good thought. I think we should look a little deeper at Joe Biden's remarks about how black and Latino people have gotten him through COVID. Does it reveal that in Joe Biden's world, the world of the salon, it is assumed that anyone who serves you in the store or waits on your table is a person of color? In Joe Biden's world, are there no white people who make a living caring for children, cutting grass, or fixing roofs? Is this why they talk of their white privilege? Meanwhile, farther from the country's tallest buildings, millions of white people struggle to earn a living and feed their families while working as store clerks, waiting tables, cutting grass, and fixing roofs. If they have time to even think about it, they might wonder where their supposed white privilege is. They also might wonder why Hillary Clinton would call hardworking, law-abiding, God-fearing Americans such as themselves deplorables. And by that, did she mean white trash? And this is why Trump got elected. I'd like to offer a link. Tuesday's podcast also had a story about the claim that global warming is harder on students of color because fewer of them have air conditioning. But upon examination, it was clear that the study findings weren't really about race. They were about income. The study had revealed the shocking finding that poor people have a harder life than not poor people. However, it gave no consideration to the fact that low-income white kids might also be adversely affected by higher temperatures. Once again, and this is why Trump got elected. I don't know if that phrase will work for this election. When Trump got elected in 2016, we came up with example after example where we were able to just use that throwaway line, and this is why Trump got elected. You don't uh, think that that still applies? I, I, I'm, I'm asking rhetorically. I don't know if that still applies. I, I do. think it does. I yeah. do. Well, and I think know, it. Go ahead, Kenny. Go ahead. I, I didn't say anything. I just think it does. I think it does just because people are seeing. I think so many people are going to vote for him because they cannot stand the possibility of what the alternative is with Biden. Santa Bell Jim is a new hero. Kirstie Alley. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah because she she's mousy just, on Twitter. Is yeah. she really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, she just, yeah. She yeah. told CNN, why don't you just report that you hate Trump? At least we'd be getting yeah. the truth. And wow. That's yeah. Santa Bell Jim's new favorite. But he also notes, on another matter, the random attack on Rick Moranis on a New York City sidewalk has done more good than bad. My police contacts in New York say that that city is out of control. And he goes on to uh, uh, admonish me or others to uh, be very careful when it comes time to visit your precinct to vote. 
maybe he's hearing law enforcement things that we're not privy to, but he's saying, hmm. be very, very careful. Okay. Had I known I was going to bust up my leg, I probably would have used a mail-in ballot. <laughs> oh. But I oh. tore it up. I tore it up. I, I suppose oh. I can get another one, but I don't want to. Whole uh, different story now. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, I'm just trying to minimize my hobbling. Yeah. But by then, hell, that's a month away. I should be. Uh, I should be fine. I should be able to trot into the polling place. Well, you keep telling yourself that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This better heal because if it doesn't, then I just another two months of BS if they have to operate. But I'm being told that surgery can be avoided if I just stay off the damn thing. Well, walk us through a day, Joe. Uh, what's it like in your house when you're pushing yourself around on the scoot or hobbling <laughs> on a crutch? Well, what's what what's what's the deal? Uh, are you able to go to the bathroom and, and take care of personal matters by yourself? You're reminding me of something. I'm going to take that scooter back today and cut my losses. I had to rent it for a month. Uh, I'm going to take it back today. I don't like it. Now you've got a project. What do you got here? Just a minute. What do you got here? What's What are you doing? <laughs> huh? Bringing paper down. I didn't need any paper. Why don't you give her a mic? Let's see what she She doesn't got. want a microphone. Let's see what Ste she's got to step say. Step in here, uh, Just a minute. JS. What, dear? What? I know you're not mentally or physically capable to take paper in one hand. She said, I'm not mentally or physically capable of taking paper down to my printer in one hand while also using a crutch. So she brought she's, she's some right. paper. Yes. She's right. Oh, she's, hell, I just take the elevator. Who are you kidding? She's taking care of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So let me ask you a question in regards to your, you know, your, your busted up ankle. It was, um, boy, a glorious day. A little windy, but a glorious day yesterday. How many rounds of golf would you have been able to play this glorious weekend? Oh, man, <laughs> I would have played every day this week. <laughs> it's just so it might beautiful. be the best week for golf ever. Probably, oh, yeah. Best week for anything. Go for a walk. Oh, Mid-fall golf, that's, that's right up your oh, alley, Oh, it's just it? beautiful. <laughs> Just so what beautiful. do you do? You just sit in the front yard and wave at passersby? Or, uh, <laughs> or, what are you doing? How do you spend your day? Well, uh, until this show's over, the whole day is devoted to the show. There you go. So when I get up in the morning, we start prepping and reading and, and getting our act together. And then... Uh, so eh, bring two, up. Two o'clock in the afternoon becomes iffy. <laughs> you know, yeah. I go for a ride maybe. Oh. Yeah. Uh, in the car. Last night, what I did for exercise. Here we go. Is every half inning during the game. Who was I watching? Yankees in uh, the Rays. In the Rays. Mm -hmm. Rays won that, didn't they? They did. To, to tie up the series. It's one one. Every half inning, I'd get up and I'd crutch my way down to the street and back. So I did that about ten times. There you go. Yeah. Well, that's exactly what you've been told not to do. Well, but I'm taking the weight off the leg with the crutch. The crutch goes with the, uh, the crutch is in my right hand. As my left foot moves forward, the crutch goes with it. Mm. And you lean on the crutch. And that takes the weight we off the on, left. Uh, we going one crutch or two? We going I'm two. going one. Ooh. I'm going one. That's pretty hard to navigate. Two you is much what? easier. 
I doubt Chris has seen the movie, but I'm seeing James Stewart sitting in a wheelchair, looking through binoculars into, Rear the neighbor's, into the neighbor's yard and just creating these scenarios out yeah. of nowhere. <laughs> Should I bring one of my spotting scopes home for you, Such? No, I'm good. <laughs> binoculars. You guys ever hear? going to be okay. You guys ever hear the candy bomber? The candy bomber? The candy bomber. No. No. Turns 100 today. This is from the desert, Desiree.com out in Utah. Hmm. Uh, Gail S. Hal Halverson needs no prodding to talk about something he's been talking about for 72 years. Relaxing in the shade of an apple tree in the backyard of the house he built in 1974 when he retired from the U.S. Air Force and returned to Utah he enthusiastically launches into a retelling of the time he was called on the carpet by his commanding officer in the summer of 1948. He had just returned to his air base after flying a C-54 cargo plane to Berlin. Three years after the end of World War II, Germany was a divided country, the east part communist, the west part free. Berlin, the capital, was also divided, but with the geographic misfortune, at least for the free part, of being located in the east. When the Soviet Union, East Germany's landlord, decided in June of 1948 to starve the landlocked free Berlin into submission by closing the roads and railways from West Germany that supplied the city with the necessities of life, America, Great Britain, and several other allies, recognizing that the Soviets couldn't close the skies, launched the Berlin airlift. Halverson, 27 years old and a World War II vet, was one of hundreds of C-54 pilots who daily filled the skies ferrying groceries and fuel from their base in West Germany to the Berliners. But Halverson was also ferrying something else. The children of Berlin, he'd noticed, didn't have any sweets to munch on. The Soviet siege not only caused severe shortages of flour and coal, but also of candy. So he made a deal with the kids who hung around the Berlin airport. On his approach, he told them he'd wiggle his wings, a sign that he and his crew were about to throw several small parachutes from his plane filled with chocolate and gum. For nearly a month, he'd been at it, to the glee of an increasing number of German kids. He hadn't asked for permission on two grounds. One, he suspected the bureaucratic red tape he'd have to negotiate would cause huge delays, and two, they might say now. No. But now, the jig appeared to be up. On his return from Berlin, he was told that Colonel James R. Hahn, the commanding officer of Rhine Main Air Base, wanted to see him in his office. Here, Halverson, sitting in his Provo backyard and wearing the same uniform he wore back then, picks up the narrative. Halverson, the colonel asked when I came in his office, what in the world have you been doing? Flying like mad, sir, I told him. I'm not stupid. What else have you been doing? Here, Halverson pauses for effect. That's when I knew they knew. I got chewed out real good, he says, before flashing his smile. But at the end, the colonel said, it's a good idea. Keep doing it, but keep me informed. So the Berlin candy bomber had clearance he needed to carry on. Over the cool. course of a little more than a year, from July 48 to September 1949, Halverson and his successors dropped 21 tons of candy on Berlin. That was just a tiny portion of the 2.3 million tons of food and supplies delivered during that same period of time, but the candy drop drew an inordinate amount of worldwide attention, shining a spotlight on a spontaneous, voluntary act of selfless service that has inspired millions ever since. 
As Jordy notes, what garage logic rule did he use here? What did he use? Uh, 48 hour rule? Nope. Um, free viruses you pay rule? Nope. Um, don't tell a soul rule? You're close. Permission? No. Uh, oh, right. The permission rule. Um, uh, don't ask for. No. If you have to ask for permission, it's too You're late. Better uh, to, it's better you know. to ask for forgiveness than it is for permission. There you go. There you go. Yep, it's better to ask for. It's easier to ask for per, forgiveness than permission. Yeah. So he did it, and he got away with it. There you go. He got away with it, and he the did. The C fifty four was basically a D four. Yeah. You've heard, or excuse me, a DC four made yeah. by Douglas tail yeah. dragger. Yep. Well, good for him. The candy bomber's a hundred years old. Just a farm kid. Oh, from he's still alive. Oh yeah, this was a, this is the story of his of his anniversary of oh, his hundredth anniversary. Great. And he was asked the secret to a long life, and he said, "The hell if I know." <laughs> stay busy," he said. "Stay, stay, stay busy." No, what's the Eastwood line? Don't let the old man in. That's it. Yeah, don't let the old man in. Yeah, Clint Eastwood, ninety years old, he's going to make another movie. Don't let the old man in. Every morning when I get up, I don't let the old man in. That's such a great line. I just love that. Say, right now, it's Spencer Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats in Hugo, at the north end of Hugo. Oh, look outside. You got to be grilling. You got to get to Eco. You got to get to uh, Grunhofer's for the brats and the burgers and the steaks and the Philly patty. Red and green peppers, onions, Swiss cheese all mixed together in a third pound beef patty. Throw those babies in a hoagie bun with some au jus. Oh, the, the, the meatloaf is flying out the door, the bacon, the ham, the jerky. It's become the go-to place for GLers, not only for the grilling season, but all year long. It's the greatest meat market in all of Gumption County, which, of course, encompasses most of the free world. It's Grunhofer's. And, old fa- and there's even now a Bloody Mary brat for your Bloody Mary on Sunday. And I'm How's making that? an announcement right now. Yep. The second that I get the notification from Mike Schoonover that my wife's vehicle is ready... I'm going there to get the vehicle. I'm going to Grunhofer's. GLers, you've been warned. Okay. Uh, when might this be? It's going to either. I was just going to say it's going to be sometime before the end of this week, but uh, I'm taking every damn meatloaf that's in that freezer and I'm going to oh. stock up. Oh, fighting words. <laughs> well, you've, you, you did the right thing, Reavers. You've issued a warning. I've issued a warning. Yes, I have. That's not a watch. It's a warning. It's a warning because I'm go. I haven't been to Grunhoffers in a while. I'm going to be up north, so I'm going to make a make a, a, a meatloaf watch. Would be conditions are ripe for you to make a run. <laughs> yes, but a warning suggests you are making a run. Because after Spencer teased me with that smoked meatloaf, I, I'm mm. going to pull out my Fratelloni smoke mm. fire smoker this weekend, mm. and I'm going to fire up a meatloaf. So, GLers, you've been warned. Yeah, well, Spencer Grunhofer, God bless you. What a meat market. Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats on Highway 61 at the north end of Hugo. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life, Joe Suchere. Joined by the Reverend Tim Christopher, a man of the cloth and a man of the streets, and I was thinking of you earlier, sir, Regarding the deaths of these three young kids uh, in a car hijacking who then fled the police and crashed the car. And what I wanted to know from you was some validation of the conclusion I came to. And that is, I think the community 
involved in this is really, really struggling because there's nowhere to turn to look for blame except themselves. Am I on the right track? You're pretty much on the right track. Um, I, I've, I've said the same thing. Uh, this is a community situation. Had nothing to do with the cops chasing them. I know I've, I've been sitting back ready for that to come out. Yep. Someone says, you know, well, the cops shouldn't have chased them so that, that fast. They shouldn't have them kids going that fast. Well, if it wasn't the cops, it would have been something else. Right. So no, we're 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 not we're not at that point where I'm gonna sit here and say this is a cop thing. Um, the kids shouldn't have went out and punched the, the the elderly lady in the face to take her cops, take her car from the good job. So now this is a community situation. This is a community problem, and it's time. It's time. It's it's just time, Joe. Time for what? Uh, it's time for us to come together. See, the problem with the black community, and I'll say it, and, and, and I think I've, I've said it over and over, and I, I've said it many times to everybody. The black community just can't come together. We can't, we can't come together and work together to, uh, to help these kids. Uh, you, if you listen to the news conference of one of the fathers, what did he say? These kids have nothing to do. I, I understand, you know, people out in the suburbs, people who, who are not down here, don't see the situation, don't see just the ugly plight that's here won't understand what we're saying when we say they have nothing to do. Yeah. I mean, it's just, they walk the streets all day and you know, as well as I do, you walk the streets, you have nothing to do. You see things that's happening. You can, you can make a quick buck. You're going to go for it. You're going to do things that are stupid. I can't get from nothing to do to punching a 72 year old woman in the face and taking her car. I can't get there. Right. No. And I understand that. But what, what I'm, I'm just saying on a daily basis, meaning they have they have nothing to do. These kids need something to do. They need to be able to, to, to grow or have something help grow. It's like the father said, you know, with, uh, there hadn't been, you know, that much information that comes out. But the father said that he's, he got a call at his job at four or something in the morning. OK, so are you telling me you didn't know what your child was doing from early that after the late afternoon until four o'clock in the morning. See, that's what I mean. We got a problem. Mm-hmm. If, if, but you know, I, I'm just putting out what he said. Now he right. said he got a call, but we know that these kids was out in the streets punching this old lady earlier that 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 day, the other yep. day, the day before, right? Right. So right. between between that and that car, I mean, where did they park the car? Well, where was the car? Did they just park the car in somebody's driveway and say, hey, a kid, let me borrow it, like a borrow a bike? So there's a lot to be to be asked, and there's a lot of answers here. Should be with these here, what happened with these kids. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. As young as 13, Rev, that's, uh, that speaks to a lack of upbringing, doesn't it? That's heartbreaking that's right. is what that is. Yeah. That that's that's very very heartbreaking and and like I said, the problem the problem right now is I'll say it again. We as black people, we have got to come together and stop acting like somebody's going to take something from you so you don't want to work with your with your coworker your, your coworker standing right next to you trying to do the same thing you do. Like I said, we got all of these people out here calling themselves doing something from the streets. And everybody's doing something different, and we're missing kids. These kids were missed. Yeah, their mom and dad should have taken care of them. But also, like we always say in the black community, 
we're a village and we should be able to take care of everybody. Well, the problem with these kids now is they got so many resources that they can point and say somebody did something to them that their own parents are scared of them. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that, that's just the bottom line, what, what it comes down to be, because I, I just couldn't, I couldn't sit there talking to my wife and we we're talking about our kids, you know, I mean, we had problems with our kids who don't, but I can never see one of my kids punching someone, especially a woman, because they right. know if you put your hands on a woman, then dad's going to come and put his hands on you. No, if, that's if, right. But, mm-hmm. And, and if, if the police come to my house and want to take my kids, they'll be walking out my house buck naked because everything that I bought them is my everything he has on is mine. I bought it. So you got to leave me. <laughs> no if, ands, or buts about that. Yeah. And, and my, 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 boy, my boys knew that. It, it's, we just got to get back to the point to where we, are, we, we, we stop being friends to our kids. And it's still today. I tell both my boys, I don't need you as a friend. I'm your father. I got to take care of you. I'm your protector. We, we, we are not friends. You know, you see all these parents are calling themselves, you know, this is my twin and this is my friend. No, me and my boys, we're not, we're not friends. Mm-hmm. I'm good. I got friends. Hey, Rev, you mentioned something uh, about the, the father. And we, we brought this up earlier when Joe read the story. And there was a quote, and I, I don't want to be critical of a man who's grieving the loss of his son. But a quote in one of the stories was him saying about his son, he just needed some guidance, to which I said, sir, that's your job. Exactly. Exactly. I, you know, I, I heard I heard that when he said that also. Um, but again, once these kids hit these streets, the streets get into them and and they it's just it's just. I don't know how to explain it. You know, I, I try my best to, to try to make people kind of understand how the streets of Minneapolis works. They just, they, they're, they're just engulf these kids like you wouldn't believe. It is unbelievable. I've got kids that, that, that's in our choir at the church, and there's just the nicest kids you want to meet. But once they walk outside that church and these streets gets them, they are totally different kids. They really, really are. It's just, you know, I'm not making excuses. Don't get me wrong. Like, like I said before, uh, what happened uh, the other night uh, should have never happened. And right now, I'm I'm looking at the community. Has nothing to do with the lady. You know, people. Oh, she's in the wrong. She was in the wrong place at the wrong time. No, she wasn't. She mm-hmm. was. She was going about her business. She was doing what she was supposed to be doing. No ifs, ands, or buts. They happen to be in the wrong place at the wrong time, if we want to put it that way. Got to get back to a time when you were afraid of your parents more than you were afraid of anybody else. That's right. That's right. Because, like I said, my my father was a gunny sergeant in the Marine Corps. Uh, I wasn't afraid of him. But there was this little bitty short woman from Memphis, Tennessee, (laughs) <laughs> that will beat you, would beat you to the second of your life. And we knew it. And there is no way in the world I'm ever going to turn around and look at my mom and look at her in a way and look, not, not say anything. I said, look, look at my mom in a way that she's going to sit there and say, if I come over there. <laughs> it was over, man. Don't I'm, make I'm, me I'm, come over there. Thank you very much. You know, no, no, she didn't say don't make me come over there. She said if I come over there. Yeah. If <laughs> I come over there. So at the end, yeah, at the end of the day, and I'm I'm not one of those people that walk around talking about beat your kids, but I know what my Bible says. 
and, and I raised my kids up. You know, I, I spanked my kids. Yes, I did. Mm-hmm. I got spanked. Yes, I did. Uh, is that going to, that, that's a cure-all? Well, right now, somebody needs to start putting some wood to these kids' butt. That's all I, that's all I can say about that, mm-hmm. you know, at, at the end of the day and, and, and get this done, or it's just going to be worse. Like I said, you know, you got a mayor that, that ain't said a word about these killings. This That's man right. Just don't. He he literally don't. This doesn't because he don't understand it. Like I said, how can you bring somebody in from Virginia that have never been through what's the, what's what is happening now and expect him to run something? It doesn't work that way. Right. But look at this here, and and you seeing what's going on. He hasn't a clue. He's lost. This man is so lost right now. He just bunkers down and hope and pray that nobody knocks on his door. And a lot of them people who are out there in the streets right now are not knocking on his door. That's what the problem is. Here they are tearing up the city, tearing up everything else, looting, instead of going to see the very person who could put a stop to this. And it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. And now that, that they let this, and, and now they let uh, Chavez out, yep. oh, my God, get ready. Mm-hmm. Get ready. Yeah, that's Get what ready. I'm worried about that, too. The, yeah. the governor, the governor should have, the governor should have had the national guards on the streets right now, and then you let him out. But look, look, look at what he's done. You see the national guards? Have he talked about the national guards? No. Have he no. talked about boosting up the police? Have he talked about get re- telling people to get from downtown, board the place? No, they're just gonna let it burn up again. They're just gonna let it burn up again. Oh, oh boy. So get ready, man. I'll be down there tonight. I'm going down. I'm, I'm going to see what's going on, see what's happening, and and in the whole night. So if if Jacob Fry is listening to me, hey Jacob Fry, meet me meet me on Nicklet meet me on Nicklet, right by the Mary Tyler Moore. Uh, get up. Yeah. So. All right, Reverend. Wait a second. Wait a yeah, second. Yeah, go ahead, Kenny. We can't let him go without uh, addressing a different topic, can we? What's that? Uh, Reverend, could you? Show us some grace about the whole four and O thing. Ah. O and four, the whole, <laughs> the whole. Gee whiz, it's just so oh, it just no. <laughs> makes a guy yeah. feel bad every time I click on your Twitter, and but, you're just but, giving us the needle. <laughs> but 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 hold on now. See, here's the thing. They, yeah. It's not like if they don't they don't come at me and, and tell me that you know the Packers suck and all this stuff. <laughs> matter of fact, I didn't even say anything. Remember now, I didn't say anything uh, on the you know the three and O. I didn't say right. nothing about the Vikings. I just asked a simple question: <laughs> yeah. Raise your hand yeah. if your team is three is zero and three. That's all right. I asked. I didn't. Right. I didn't actually say the Vikings. Was, yeah, but we had to raise rough. our hands. Yeah, it was hurtful, <laughs> Rev. That was, we had that to raise hurtful. our hands, I'm Reverend. Telling you. <laughs> Reverend, just because you've always been so kind with your time, I'll give you three seconds of this. <laughs> That's oh, you all you're them. getting. That's all you're, you're getting. You're making them hate me more now. You, 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 yes, you are. Y'all start this. Now, see, you, you guys are needling now. Oh, what? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, Reverend. Hey, thank you guys very much. I appreciate you guys, like always. Thank you. Be careful. Much. Be careful. Yeah, we'll talk to you again. Tonight. All right. Yes, thank sir. you. Thank you. thank you. Thank um, you. All right. Um, uh, First Missionary Baptist Church. 
and uh, they take any and all types of donations. Not even it, whether it's money, whether it's clothes, whether it's toothpaste. They don't care. Uh, he, he's a guy. Chill boys. They'll yeah, take chill, chill boys. boys. I'll, I'll I'll donate some chill boys to them. But uh, this is a guy that's on the street and uh, puts his money where his mouth is. Yes, he does. Boy, he anticipates trouble too, huh? And yeah. as you were talking to him, and when Kenny mentioned Paul Bloom, who's the one that broke the story on Fox 9, I've been monitoring various stories. And, um, yeah, I would avoid uh, I'd avoid downtown Minneapolis this evening if I was you, if you can. I know a lot of people work down there and whatnot, but, boy, yeah. Only because they come to us all the way from Mumbai, India. Where? Mumbai, India. Courtesy wow. of Tom Lyman. On this day in 1910, forest fires destroyed Baudet and Spooner, killing 29 people and burning over 220,000 acres of land. During this year, which was dry, over 900 fires had burned in 29 counties, causing 42 deaths. Grayston, Pitt, Cedar, Spur, and Williams also burned. So I guess as a result of climate change in 1910, yep. we had a horrible, horrible fire outbreak in uh, northern well, Minnesota. only we would have had a, a Green New Deal back in 1910. Would have prevented it. It could have all been prevented. Would have prevented it. Yeah. 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 Well, uh, good luck to uh, everybody. I guess these admonitions are to be taken seriously. Uh, Derek Chauvin now released on bond, and uh, we don't know what effect that will have on the twin cities this evening unfortunately it's very pleasant out yeah it's too bad it's not cold and raining and that I just, isn't the case i just sent a text message to a couple of uh, minneapolis business owners that uh sponsor our program and i just said good luck tonight boys see i'm optimistic for some reason i I'm you not, always are though i'm not sensing i'm not sensing a riot i'm not sensing it i well, hope I'm, i hope i'm right we do realize you are under heavy sedation. Right I am not so. under any sedation. I hate why. medicine. So you don't know that about me. I it's like hate the medicine. Summer of love in your world uh, right now. I've I, been offered uh, terrible strong medicines, and I've never ever taken them. And ever. I told I told the bride. I she said, "Well, what's he on?" I said, "Joe does not take anything. I don't take medicine. Yep. I got a couple of Advil on board right now, and that's it." Yep. Well, I, well, I, I, I lost you, my hearing four years ago, and they wanted to give me steroids. And I said, absolutely not. And so what they did instead is they shot the steroid through my eardrum with a needle because I wouldn't take it orally. Oh, oh. All I know is ever since the ankle snapped, you've been less cantankerous, and it's, it worries me. <laughs> well, I, I, I don't know. It, it broke your spirit or something. <laughs> Well, what's breaking my spirit is looking out at this beautiful day oh. and, and thinking, well, okay, this today I'll go 15 times down to the street and back. <laughs> well, tomorrow, what day is it anyway? It's Wednesday, Today's right? Wednesday. It's Wednesday. Yeah, so it's positive Thursday tomorrow, so could you bring the anger to the table tomorrow, please? I will. I will, just for you. Okay. okay. All right. Yeah. He makes that promise. Sure. Appreciate promise that. to be a jerk tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Hey, hey, all right. How about you promise to download Pod MN? We want to thank all of you GLers that have listened to over 60,000 hours of Garage Logic through the app. If you haven't tried it out yet, you can download it free in the Apple and Google Play stores. You see my hand up? Yes, sir. I have a question for you. Okay. 
Uh, I'm receiving notifications every day that the current episode of Garage Logic is available. Is yep. that a function of Pod MN? One hundred percent is, and that's now. Do you have to join that or something? Yeah, all you got to do is download it, baby, and subscribe oh. to GL. It's that easy. All right, and then a second, the second I get it posted, boom, it gets right to your phone. Yeah, it's, and it's easy. easy. It's just really. Are they going to be able to hear me today, or is this? By Couldn't design? hear you yesterday. Hello. Hello? 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 I think you were Hello? I think you were audible today. Hello. 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 Everything's gonna be okay. <laughs>